It's time for Watch and Learn, the show where we discuss the life lessons we learn from the movies we watch. Today, Rambo Last Blood. Hey, hey, movie maniacs, my name is Sky, and I'm joined once again in my home in person with my brother Dusty. Dusty, when we were watching Rambo Last Blood, I'm sure I knew what was going through your mind. Your thoughts were, how can I build my own doomsday prepping tunnels at my house? <laughs> it was first buy a house that has enough land to do that, there but yes, go. absolutely. <laughs> how do I get a backhoe to dig all those holes up and fortify it? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Man, doing that work on your own, I mean, literally, he's 72 years old, uh, I, the character John Rambo is probably roughly the same as well, but Sylvester Stallone, how those tunnels stretch for maybe a good mile all throughout under his property. How many years would that take somebody to do? If they're doing it um, like one man too, maybe he had some good equipment, but one man. To, so now if they're digging with a shovel and like going underground, which is not <laughs> smart. Yeah. Um, like what you see him do, do at the very end, he had a backhoe and then dug holes. So if, if one man was doing it and they had, they did it right. Like it looked like he had some uh, tube, not tube. It's not necessarily tube because it's huge, but a big um, gigantic uh, metal metal so. tubes that are that are taller than you. You know, like um, like ten feet round. Um, what you would do is backhoe, just dig all these trenches and then lay those, and that's their structure. And then you put the topsoil back on top, and then over time it just packs down. But that's one absolute way to do it. And you would, I would say, maybe. It'd take you six months mm -hmm. to do something like that, especially if you have the tools, the right yeah. tools to do it. Gotcha. But some of those tunnels, he had the um, like big six by six beams up. So some stuff he hand dug from inside. It so, looks like it, yeah. So maybe he laid down like those big tubes, like you said, but then decided, oh, I'm going to connect these two. And then he had to d dig in by hand or maybe using a, I don't know, I imagine they have some pretty cool stuff that you can dig in the earth, power tools for it, you know? Yeah, they're, well, those would be much more expensive. Yeah, backhoes are not that, well, they're expensive, but the ones that actually dig and remove earth from inside the earth, that's going to be much more expensive. But um, yeah, so it was fantastic seeing that whole bunker from the very, very beginning and everything. But yeah, it's, plus it was fun that you and I actually got to watch the movie together and you're always like, turn off your phone. I'm like, but I want to keep it on. Turn off your phone. Exactly, man. I just think it's the it's the height of rudeness to have your phone on in the theater. Like I literally turn it off off. I don't do airplane mode like some people. It just it's all the way off. That's just silly. No, no. <laughs> it's just so annoying to everybody. Like when you're watching the movie out of the corner of your eye, you see somebody's phone light up. Oh. I just take notes. I'm like, I got to make sure I remember to talk about this. And then yeah. I take notes. Well, I do the same thing, but I have a piece of paper and a pen. And sometimes it's tough. And sometimes it's it's chicken scratch while I'm writing. And I can't make it out the next day when we when I plan for the podcast and stuff. But that's how I do it. I don't want to disturb those around me. Did you know it's almost 2020 and there's no such thing as paper anymore and pencils? I don't uh -huh. know where you got it. You can't buy them anymore. So mm -hmm. you got to use electronics. That's the way to go. You got to live, the the live in the now. Live in the now. Live in the now. That's crazy to me. I mean, I guess it would make sense hundreds of years from now. Uh, like you see movies set in the future, science fiction stuff, and they don't have books. They don't even know what paper is. Everything is on hand terminals and that kind of stuff. And I, I could see us going there someday. But with, with people like me still around, I'm going to be pad and paper for or pen pen and paper forever. It'll be sad if we do get rid of paper and books. I mean, we're getting off the tangent. But, um, you know, when we're 70, you know, it's going to be, what, 30 more years? Who knows what's going to happen? I mean, you could be thinking that much farther. 
Totally. Now, when it comes to being 70, I am planning on, I won't be as big and buff as Sylvester Stallone, but you see him in this movie, super fit, riding a horse really well, running around, killing bad guys. I mean, this is how I want to be when I'm 70, killing bad guys. (laughs) (laughs) See, now I'm thinking what happened um, to John Rambo to be able to settle down, because I remember the one before this, the, um, what was it called? Just Rambo. It was just Rambo. Part four. Yeah, I mean, it. I don't remember it fully because it was back in like 2008. I don't remember actually even. I might have watched it, but I can't remember. But did you watch it? And like, what are your thoughts? Like now he's settling down and he doesn't have to have, you know, people following him and kill, trying to kill him and all that sort of stuff. What are your thoughts? Uh, I watched it and I don't remember anything about it. But I mean, you figure the guy is 70. As you get older, no matter how young and rambunctious you were, teenagers 20s and 30s and stuff or how deadly you were vietnam war and stuff like john rambo you've got to start settling down or at least want you to settle down but i really liked one of the quotes that he said in the movie was um uh let's see i wrote it down here i haven't changed i'm just trying to keep a lid on it every day you know so he's he just realizes that that old way of just aggression fighting back just doing the stuff that he used to do isn't the way you need to proceed in life absolutely well yeah he knows he has um obviously his niece now is almost like his daughter raising her or you know making sure making sure she's getting taken care of um her sister or sorry his sister's now dead with cancer um and so he just realized there's other things to live for than just killing when he said you know he before he was her age he wanted to be in the military and that's just all he ever knew but now yeah he's but i love that you know i haven't changed i just keep it little i just make sure it doesn't come out and you can see it comes out like at the very beginning, when you're watching him interact with his niece, interact with his... Is that her grandma? Her grandmother, yes. Yeah. Um, interacting with in that whole scenario, you can see he's trying hard. He's trying to not be as um, aggressive as he as he could be and trying to be... Um, you be mean like when uncle. the grandmother was yelling at the daughter, don't go see him, and yes. he was trying to keep things oh, yeah. calm? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just for the whole beginning scene, before he actually goes down to Mexico, you know, he's really just trying to be more understanding, but at the same time, um, strong, you know? But uh, yeah, yeah, it was really... Seen. I, I really enjoyed how he didn't just go down there and start tearing people up. No, he got tore up pretty bad, and then he had to f- come back and, and figure out what to do. Like, what are your thoughts about him? Like, the storyline in... It was only an hour and 29 minutes or something like that. Really, really short. But at the same time, it had a lot of story in general. Like you understand the story, you know what's going on, but it's a lot of fun. But the progression of the story, what'd you think about it? I absolutely loved it. Like you knew who each of the characters, we knew John John Rambo already, but we get to see him on the farm and he's obviously trying to change his life, trying to be a better man. Even at 70 years old, you know, you can adapt and change and and, uh, evolve and become a better person. And then, you know, the grandmother, can't remember her character's name, but the grandmother, as well as Gabriella, the daughter, it was pretty obvious that from from their interactions and them being on screen, you knew exactly what those kinds of people were or what their characters were. You could see their arcs and everything. And I thought it was a great development of the story, how it started off kind of slow, like you were expecting action eventually. And when it got there, it was so satisfying. But the lead up to it was, I thought it was perfect. I, I really did enjoy the story very much. They definitely did a great job leading up to it. Um, and then somehow surprisingly find a ally in the middle of all this you know at first you're like what is that you know that chick staring at him for and all that you know you have no clue what's going on when he's actually going through mexico but so in the beginning you have the niece i can't remember her name gabriella gabriella there you go gabriella so she is 
obviously getting two story or the same story, but from two people, um, grandma and uncle John saying, don't go, there's nothing there for you. You don't need, like, you just don't do it. What are your thoughts about her making the decision in the storyline? Is that something that is possible? Like the, the, I, I'm going to say not, that's not the right question. Like, is it possible? But I, you know, she's going to go off to college, but now she has to go see her, her, um, her dad. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I just, I just also double checked. It's Gabrielle, not Gabriella. That was my bad, but it totally makes sense. I mean, you can't convince somebody who is dead set in their mind on doing something, no matter how bad of an idea you think it is, they're still going to pursue it. So it totally makes sense that she was maybe going to go to her friend Antonia's or whatever. And then all of a sudden flip the script. He's only in Mexico, maybe two hours away. It seemed like in the movie, Arizona, at least their ranch in Arizona was pretty close quick little drive maybe she was thinking i'll go down there meet him and if it turns out bad i'll just come home and uncle john and grandma will never know yeah yeah that makes sense i mean like you said i mean she turned around and started driving back it was like in the morning she turned around and started driving back and she probably got there i don't know maybe one two o'clock or something and was hanging out with a friend but then eventually went so it obviously wasn't that that far it was gonna be kind of you know a crazy long time um she was hoping it'd be a really quick thing yeah but what are your thoughts about the so-called friend? Um, she was the worst, dude. You see her from moment one. I mean, we as the audience know that she's bad, but Gabrielle should have realized it too. Look at her with all that makeup. She looks like your stereotypical chola. And then the way she was responding with, uh, she was trying to be, she said it was joking and funny, but I think that was her true colors coming out. What do you think? I'm some charity case. And then as soon as Gabrielle reacted to that, Giselle said, oh, wait a second. I need her on my side so I can sell her later. You know, now, and so what do it just seems kind of interesting that she would like, what do you think she got? I can't go into what, what she got out of it. It just seemed kind of weird that she was a friend, but now she's like getting the the girl that's from America all the way from America over here. It's not like she was like the movie Taken where she was like this prime you know, everything. No, it was just another girl. So why would it, why would she even want to do that? I mean, she obviously it's paid. I don't know. Just that whole part of like, she was a friend, but then all of a sudden she's just like selling her off. I was like, wow, that's just, that's literally something that's completely evil. Yeah. 100% evil. And grandmother said it. Uh, she said, I'm, I was so glad when she left, she's a bad influence, whatever her choice of words was. And I guess Gabrielle as her friend just never saw the badness in her. Uh, it it is kind of weird that somebody would be able to do that to a childhood friend, but I I bet those people do exist in real life, you know. But and, the story needed it for that. Oh yeah, it definitely did. Now, one thing that I was thinking was there there are many different types of people, but you can kind of think of there are certain people that think that like Gabrielle thought that people aren't aren't that evil like you know it's just not that bad out there uncle john you know you don't really know this is new they or this is you know the 21st century or whatever like it not everybody's evil and john's like no everybody's evil so you have in order to have two different perspectives of people it's either you know everybody has the ability or uh, propensity to be evil or you have the opposite where people are inherently good so let me ask you, what's your thought? Are people inherently evil or inherently good? Uh, oh, inherently they're good. But some people, like a small portion of them, are inherently evil. But my view on the world and most people or anybody when I first meet them, I, I don't know anything about them. They're all good to me until they show their true colors. I, I would agree with that. So I would agree with that to a point that like the last part, I believe everybody is inherently evil. They just put a lid on it like John. 
they have the ability, but they also have the ability to not be evil. So they put a lid on it. But I think it just inherently people have the propensity to act selfishly, um, uh, only care about, you know, them and their immediate, you know, whatever, like people are just going to act on themselves, but in, 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 in general, um, yeah, I think there are people who are more evil than others, but I think everybody has just the, a little bit of, um, of evil. You know, like if you read the Bible, the Bible says everybody has a sin nature. It's just inside of us. Like we cannot be inherently good, like in ourselves, like completely good. We just have part evil, but going to all the other people that she or John Rambo meets and all the bad guys, like those guys are absolutely inherently bad or evil. And you could hear, especially when the main uh, boss lead or the boss brother says like, these are, they're nothing like they're, they're literally objects Mm -hmm. to me. And so you're like, man, I don't, I personally can never understand how anybody would think that, but there are inherently evil people out there would. Yeah. Yeah. These are those types. And you had said that, uh, people are inherently evil, but then you mentioned like selfishness and then I guess narcissism or whatever, or caring about yourself and, and your own, that doesn't seem evil to me. That's just selfishness. Evil is willing and may be happy to hurt other people for your own gains. That's not necessary selfishness. So I can't I can't see people being inherently evil. Yeah, people inherently want what they want and they want to make themselves happy over others, but that's not an evil thing. Yeah. I think it's I think it's not good. People being narcissistic and, and necessar- uh, necessarily, you know, wanting to just not necessarily do evil, but just only care for themselves and not care for their fellow man. But yeah, so along with that, you're looking at John Rambo, who's at the end when Gabrielle's die or dies. It's kind of hard. You don't really see like you see him crying, but it's almost like is she dead or is she drugged and like passed out? So that was kind of awkward. But then it obviously comes out that she's actually dead. But he's saying like, why wasn't it me? Like I'd, I should have been me. I just I I'm 70 and I've done so many bad things. All this stuff's probably going through his head. But you know, she's got so much life to live, and so now she's gone. And so he's like. I don't have anything else to live for. Let me go ahead and destroy these guys. Yeah, totally. And that's what made the film a bit sad and kind of lowered my rewatchability factor without that death and then without her also being drugged and then raped and stuff over and over again. That kind of that that whole section of the movie, it was good and good character development. And I see why John Rambo does what he does and he has a really good reason to. But at the same time, that's going to make it less likely I'm going to watch the entire movie again. If I ever rent it on Redbox or something, or if it comes out on Netflix, I might skip to when he saves her from the brothel, brothel, and then skip to when he kills the bad guy in his house, and then skip to his house in Arizona, you know? I do like how it's not necessary, and I completely, I'm right there on the same page with you. I like how it's not basically sugarcoating anything. Like, this is what absolutely could and does happen. Obviously not the John Rambo thing, but... Girls being taken and going and being, you know, uh, sex slaves and being drugged and all that. It literally happens. Even in America, I know it happens. Um, and so it's disgusting and horrible. And so I, I obviously watching it, like, man, that's just so sad. But at the same time, it's like, man, it's really something. Oh, it hits me that if my kids ever say, hey, dad, I want to go to Mexico. Hey, Okay, let's t- let's watch a movie first. Yeah, <laughs> let's go exactly, watch yeah. Rambo Last Blood so you can see what is possible. So I'll be like, oh, wow, maybe I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And uh, show them Taken as well when they want to go to Eastern Europe for their high school graduation trip, you know? By themselves, yeah, or <laughs> yeah. With, with a friend. Um, now, what did you think about his firearms and all his weapons that he had? Not 
well, it, it brought back like the bow and arrow, which I thought was really cool. But like no rocket launchers and things like that. Like, I know. Yeah, he had older it? home, oh. older firearms. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool seeing all that. I was kind of thinking that he would maybe at least in the beginning. So when the when the convoy was approaching his home at the very end, that final fight scene, I figured he might have a rifle to pick off some of the drivers in the trucks. But he actually never used that entire arsenal. Not. He never used 99% of all those rifles and guns that he had. But I understand why he wouldn't and why the movie, it was just so much more visceral. And um, uh, the violence was so much more like cathartic. Like you want to see these guys dead and the way he killed them all, like physically hacking into them and stuff. It made it more fun than just watching him, uh, John Wicket, with a gun through the tunnels, you know? Yeah, definitely. And he said the reason why he's doing it. He wants them to absolutely realize they're going to die. Yeah. And feel the pain that he went through and you could see the way like he could have from the um from the barn he could have just been taking people out um not a, not all of them like you can only shoot so many but they didn't eventually come around and they know where you are and they go through the barn but he wanted them to go through the tunnel that was the main thing that he wanted them to do because he had like you said probably a mile or so of tunnels that they start there and he has planned along the way like get them into here first and then we're gonna x y and z just keep destroying them and so i thought it was great i love the fire and explosion of you know initially all through that one side and they actually get out of the car which i thought was rather interesting they you know but the reason why they would get out of the car is because they don't want to have that happen again you know it's kind of like just keep driving but ieds or um improvised uh supposed to die that he would create would actually blow up mm-hmm. yeah i i just love that whole scene and and actually that that for most people watching this movie that's probably their favorite scene of the movie and so I don't want to ask you what your favorite scene is. Which is your favorite death in the movie? Oh, oh, the dude's face that got chopped with the, it's like there was two blades and it got like hit him in the mouth <laughs> and the was forehead. crazy. And like visually you see his head like, like sliced. Yeah. I was like, wow. And it didn't slice through to make three parts. You know, it just went through. So it's, it's like a kind of like a two mouth Pac-Man. It looked yeah. like. <laughs> so, oh yeah, obviously the favorite scene is the end scene where he's destroying all them. That's absolutely fantastic. Um, how about you? What was your favorite death? My favorite was when he drilled like I, okay. Initially I loved how everything planned and he had everything worked out. He knew what he was doing he, he drilled the hole through between walls and then he plunged that metal rod through the dude's head and then dropped to the floor hacked the guy's foot off and then uh plunged the knife through his neck that was the best for me that was a good one mm-hmm. that was i remember you laughed like, yeah, like, I, did. <laughs> I was so shocked to see that it was awesome it was uh, cool so what what do you think is john rambo's what is one of his mistakes uh in the movie is not uh, is trusting that him and grandma's words were going to convince the daughter to not go see the father. And then so knowing how dangerous Mexico is and how bad of a father he is, Monday, my, this is my Monday morning quarterback. John Rambo should have said, okay, we're going to go see your father. I'm going to go with you as protection. I'm going to make sure that you get to talk to him. Uh, because, she, you know, like I said earlier, you're not going to convince somebody who has their heart and mind set on it, set on it to not go, especially if something's just two hours away down across one little border. And that border, incidentally, is really easy to get <laughs> get through. John Rambo just drove through um, a barbed wire fence on his truck. So, yeah, there's nothing stopping her. He should have gone with her as protection. Absolutely. I think that's a great, great Monday morning quarterback because, you know, kids are just – and I think that's why also why John Rambo – was telling the grandma, like, go go a little more easy on her because you don't want her to rebel. And even though she's a good kid, she seems like a really good kid, you just don't want her. But the grandma was like, no, I, this is absolutely the worst possible decision you could ever make. 
is doing this. But I know I really, I know you really want to do it. You really need answers. But yeah, uh, John Rambo could have said, "You absolutely will never. You should never go. You will never ever go." But I'm going to tell you this: even though I tell you never ever to go there, if you ever do, I will go with you to protect you because there's evil there. Do not go by yourself. You know, kind of leaving that door open rather than saying, let's literally go now. Like, yeah. So, but you can see why John Rambo was trying to be more hesitant on telling her all the stories. But shoot, she's old enough to go down there by herself to try to see the dad. Literally tell her everything about how bad of a man she is. So that, like, don't hide it. Like, why would I, that's one thing I thought um, John Rambo, like Monday morning quarterback would have been literally sit her down. He did this, 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 and this, and this, and this, this, and this, and he just did not want you, all that sort of, and how bad he beat up her mom, all that sort of stuff, like literally lay it all out rather than trying to hide it, hiding it, just like, you know, firearms, like if you hide it for your kids, they're going to be like, ooh, I found a firearm, and then that's when that danger happens. If you teach them about it, talk to them about it, and educate them, that's when things get so much better because they learn. Um, same thing with Gabrielle. She should, they should have sat her down and said, this is actually how he is and what he's done in the past. 100%. You're right about that. So I guess both of our money motor quarterbacks revolved around the same idea right there. Yes, uh, yes. Helping, handling helping Gabrielle better to understand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Well, awesome. on top of that, never go to Mexico. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just, I've been to Mexico like twice, like Tijuana, um, just driving down because, you know, friends wanted to go, oh yeah, you know, there's cheap stuff there and blah, blah, blah. And you, I don't drink that much. So it's like, I didn't really go to drink and actually I didn't drink when I was there and all the stuff was like, oh, it's kind of expensive here too. I was just, anyways, it was just a touristy thing. And I was like, I'm, I don't really ever want to go back, especially the rule of law is not there. You know, like there is, there are police there, but you, um, when we were walking out of the movie theater, you brought up Man, isn't it interesting? Now, obviously, it's a movie, but you have the police officers searching all this crime scene, but you have the bad guys with firearms, like little AK-47s and all, all that sort of stuff. And so they are the ones that have the guns as well. And so the police, they feel like ineffective at all because, or uh, completely, because they literally cannot do anything to those guys. Yeah, uh, it's a terrible situation. And I agree. I mean, if you want to go visit, I don't know, anywhere new, just travel to your next state over. Skip going to Mexico. There's no reason to go there. I agree. America. Some people say, you know, if you go past the border, if you go south, like into like Cabo and stuff, it's probably really, really nice. Yeah, it is. But Hawaii's it, nice too, though. Yeah. <laughs> San Diego's nice, you know? You know what would be nice is if the United States actually took over Mexico and made it like the like 10 more states. Like break it up into states and make it like they, have, they can't have a government anymore, but they're part of our rule of law. They govern by our constitution. Like they're part of America now. And just make it more lawful instead of lawless. And I was thinking, man, it would be... But America doesn't do that. We we could have taken over so many countries, like Japan. After World War II, we literally could have occupied Japan and taken over Japan. Absolutely. But we don't do that. That's not what America does. And America doesn't just take land like um, other countries. But uh, yeah, that was just something I was like, man, they just need law and people that follow laws down there. But oh well. Yeah, oh well. Uh, that's a pipe dream. Maybe someday. Oh, yeah. yeah, but I wouldn't count on it in our lifetimes, you know? No, not at all. Um, you know, I was feeling dread every time we saw those girls down there. And it looked like tunnels, kind of like, it just looked like tunnels. But they, it might have just been a, a terrible, dilapidated hallway with rooms and stuff. But, man, it was just, it just you just feel dread when you hear that, when you see that guy talking to those girls. He brings in that one girl. I thought he was going to kill her, make a lesson out of her, but he didn't. Maybe they did that in one cut of the movie, but they thought it was too just too much. We don't need to see that. Um, but yeah, I just felt dread for Gabrielle and all those other girls the whole time. And 
later on when he goes to the brothel to save Gabrielle and all the girls said, no, I'm not leaving. You can understand why they wouldn't because they're just so scared for their own lives. Well, because he said, run. Like, you're not taking me. Like, you're literally not the one taking me someplace better. No, they can't run because where are they going to go? They're just gonna eventually going to get caught. They could just keep trying to run, but eventually they might run out of resources and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's it's just a disgustingly horrible life. And you know that, uh, man, everybody does, got what they deserve when John Rambo went to town. Oh, for sure. So what did you think about his... So his first trip into there, he obviously got caught and all that sort of didn't do anything. Had literally like 40 guys around him. Um, but then the second time when he went in and attacked, he went right into the room. I thought it was very lucky and um, it was nice that she was actually there as opposed to inside the dungeons. Um, obviously, he got to grab her and move on. That was a, a, a very, very good workout for him. Or not workout, but like a, a way it worked out was she was actually there. But man, he went through and literally destroyed those guys with a hammer. I thought that was cool. I like he he didn't have like all this awesome firepower. He's seventy years old. Like he hasn't been in the war, so he would not have awesome awesome firepower that he could just take with him. But anyways, jacking him with hammers and then getting you know taking her out and then when she dies, coming back and taking out was it Victor? I think Vic. Yeah, Victor was the one of the brother. Like takes off his head. I thought that was phenomenal. We went through and just literally destroyed everybody. I, I absolutely loved it too. And then dropping the head outside of the truck on his way home. It was pretty sweet. See, I I, I, I get that, but why? I Okay, so he cut the head off, obviously takes the head, then puts the knife into the um, the picture. So, you know, hey, this is my calling card. Like, this is what happened. And so they know the address. So he knew they were coming. But like, are they ever going to find the head? You know what I mean? I thought maybe something would be a little more dramatic where they would see the head as opposed to him just taking it and then dropping it because they would never, you know, drove, driven in on that row and, and literally saw it because coyotes and stuff will just take it off. I just thought it'd be nice if he did something like put it on a, on a pike or something and have it outside or something crazy. Like took it all the way back home and put it outside the gates that of his house. That would have been yeah. amazing. I gotcha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. What a taunt right there. Um, uh, yeah, I, I was fine. I just, I just like to see him drop the head out the window. You know, I think it was just for the movie audience. Like in real life, he probably wouldn't. Do, maybe, maybe his idea was, I'll, I'll take this home and I'll stick it up on the pike or on my mantelpiece. And then he decided halfway through, ah, eh, just drop it. I'll here. just drop. <laughs> yeah, don't need to bring a dead home, a dead head with me home. You know. <laughs> yeah, so that was rather, rather fun watching him do that. But he's got still has the skills. I mean, you've been military for however, however many long. Plus, we know in two thousand eight, he also had a, uh, a run in being uh, the two thousand eight was a, when the movie came out for Rambo. But um, yeah, he's still buff as ever. Now, when I'm 70 years old, I'm hoping to not necessarily be that buff. But what are your thoughts about staying active? Like you're 41 now, staying active so that you, when you're 70, you're at least somewhat fit and not just watching TV all day. Yeah, totally. I, I want to be that way. I still want to be able to run one or two miles at 70 years old. And one of the one of the things too, I can jump over a fence really quickly within two or three seconds. Uh, I no 70 year old I know can do that. So I want to be able to at seventy jump over a fence. Um, okay, you know that your bones are a lot more brittle when you're seventy, even though yeah, you're but strong. If you, got to, if you got to escape the zombie apocalypse, which we all know is headed our way, got to uh, be able to jump fences. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah. So I could do muscle ups. You know what muscle ups are? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like in gymnastics, you grab a bar. Like instead of doing pull ups, you go all the way up, and you're um, uh, it's at your the bar is now at your waist because you're on top of the bar. So I could do that. I my goal is to continue to be able to do that. Until, you know, I'm old. There was, um, well, if you could do muscle ups, you can hop over a fence too. Oh so. yeah, definitely. Um, the, 
I'm, I'm looking, hopefully going to start a gym. It's going to be a 24 hour gym and I'm buying it from this, this old couple. They had a gymnastics studio. And so they are like 70 ish and the wife still does gymnastics stuff. Like she does like 10 a day. She's like, I just make sure I do 10 a day. She make, you know, muscle ups, like doing the gymnastics 10 a day of those. Um, so it's like, Oh, that's good for you. So that's something I'm like, I just got to stay active and constantly be doing something. So I don't ever fall into like, Oh man, I just, I, I should do it, but I'm not going to like, I just need to continually be keep moving. Absolutely. That is the key to, uh, keep on moving like that. It also works that brain of yours. You know, exercise is great for the brain. And one of the things when you're getting older, Alzheimer's or senility and stuff to avoid that, stay active for sure. Don't just sit on your couch and watch the television. And something with old, as old people, um, as they get older and as they quit their job or retire, if they just sit around, they die so much sooner than ones that stay active, stay doing things and just keeping their mind active, their body active, you know, you just start deteriorating and it goes worse if you just sit around, like your body's not trying to, you know, get stronger. Yep. Totally. You know, one of the things I liked about this movie is that this is the first time we've ever seen him fight on his home turf. There have been four other movies where he's going there. He's uh, in the mountains of Colorado or whatever state that was. And he's going back to Burma or Vietnam or, you know, other countries and stuff. He finally has his own home field advantage. And he home alone it and booby trapped it and, and just made it incredible. And one of the things I kind of mentioned it earlier, I liked how he planned everything. And the whole plan came to fruition, right? Like we see him shooting arrows at those four playing cards. And then bam, at the end of the movie, he spikes the bad guy on those exact same four spaces. Like he planned it out totally perfectly executed plan other than getting shot twice. But at the end of the movie, you also see him riding off on horseback. So I'm assuming he lived. I don't know if we'll see another Rambo Last Blood Part 2, which would be kind of <laughs> funny to see, you know, Last, last Blooded blood again two. or whatever. Yeah. This time they go after the grandma. Uh-huh. More Last Bloody. Yeah. Last Bloody. Now, there was one thing that he did was pulling up this big red container, like with a rope, getting it to the top of the barn. Do you remember seeing that? But it was I saw never that. utilized. I, I was like, I don't know why that was done. Uh, yeah, maybe that was something... No, wait, when did he dump... That was the gasoline he dumped on those guys, shot them with the incendiary shotgun rifles, and they, boom, caught on fire. You're right. That, that was... was that. Oh, that was holding that, and it uh-huh. dumped out on the... Oh, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, that was that sat rather satisfying. Uh-huh. Wasn't that cool? He put those X's on those incendiary rounds, and then even in the tunnels, he shot two guys with that, boom, and they lit up in flames. You oh, know? man. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Are yeah. those real, though? Incendiary rounds? Oh, incendiary I, I know... shotgun rounds. Yeah, but he looked like he was also doing it himself. Like yeah, he was right. put it, packing it and all that sort of stuff, which is rather it's it's rather tough to do that. You know, making shotgun rounds to make it really that compact because it has to have pressure in order to go out. And so if you try to make something that doesn't have the right pressure, it's not packed right, it's not it's just gonna pss and fizz out. So yeah, super loved everything. Now I did like also he wasn't even though he had a, a couple um AR fifteens, um he used 30-30 lever action rifles, which I love shooting my 30. I have two 30-30 lever action rifles. Those are fun to shoot. Like you feel like you're in the old West. And actually they call that the gun that won the West, that lever action where the it pumps down and then pumps back up. Um, it shoots a rifle cartridge. A 30-30 is what the rifle cartridge is. But anyways, out to about maybe 150 yards, I'm fairly accurate. Like I could hit, I could know I could definitely hit a man at 150 yards um, with my with my rifle. And so I thought it was fun him using that, his, him using the shotgun as well. But one thing that got me was it's not that expensive to get body armor or at least a plate that's going to cover your chest. 
if you're going to be, I, I know he's trying to run around trying to be nimble, but nimble is only so good as you don't get shot. You know, this is going to protect you from getting shot like he did. I obviously got shot a little on the side, which if he had body armor, it wouldn't have got there because body armor just protects your vitals. Like it goes from right below your um, your collarbone, your clavicle, right below that, all the way down. And so it goes around your um, your pecs, all the way down to right about your um, belly button. That's usually the, the size of the um, body armor. But at the same time, you never know where you're going to get shot. So I personally, it's like, man, he should have been wearing body armor running around. I agree with you there. And you just mentioned clavicle. Um, isn't that where he broke that first dude's bone and was pulling it out through his skin? That was amazing. That was absolutely. And then stabs the dude in the leg and he's yanking on it, like just talking to him. Like, hey, I'm going to pull. And he was more like, I'm going to pull this out. But yes, dude, that's oh, that was so rough. It was, man. I, I love that. I love that little part there, too. So, yeah, when he was running around, though, definitely body armor was something that I would have had. Even a pistol, like a sidearm, because you what it was kind of like a John Wick type thing, like leaving firearms everywhere. John Wick did that in part two because he could not go into the place with that firearm. So he had to stash it because on his exit, he never know. He just he's prepared. And so but here he's waiting for them. So he doesn't necessarily have to stash them. He literally can have them on his person run around doing that stuff. So I think at least a sidearm. You absolutely should have that and a knife. And then I would say at least have one rifle with me while I'm running around. Just strapped you can, around your back, yeah. Yeah, because you can, with a modern, or just in general, just regular slings, you can make sure that it's you can run around completely with yeah. it. Just slap it to your back um, and it holds snugs tight and you can just run around. So I thought that was more of like movie-esque, like let's do this for the movie. Yeah. If in, like, John Rambo is so... Um, ready to fight and he knows what he's doing. So that's why it's okay. It's, but it's believable. Like he's, he, this is his place, his home turf, all that sort of stuff. But in general, if it was you or me or a normal person, that's not a movie actor character, we would be concerned and worried and scared at the same time, pissed off and angry and all that stuff at the same time. But we have no idea how it's going to down. We can plan, but that's what happened. Like the Marines say, you know, we don't plan, we improvise. And I completely, you have to make sure you get improvised. But yeah, so I would have been a little more uh, prepared on my person for anything that would have happened. That makes a lot of sense. I like that idea. Would you have worn a helmet, a tactical helmet? That's a good thought. Probably. If I had, I, don't, I currently don't own one, but I do have a, a, a vest with uh, the body armor. It's supposed to take up to like a two-two-three round, which is like the normal AR-15 round, which is good. But it, yeah, like I said, it protects your vital organs. You need to have those protected. But um, yeah, just have protection as much as you can. I mean, that's one thing that I, we were talking to our dad last night. You don't like politics talking. Um, I don't mind it, but you know. He's big into politics. He's, he's big into it. And I, I asked him, so what is the... Number one uh, right in the Bill of Rights. You know, the Bill of Rights, you know, um, uh, First Amendment, Second Amendment, Third Amendment, Fourth, all, all, there's like 14, or I can't remember how many, but it's basically the rights that human beings, like American citizens have. I asked him, like, what's the most important? He goes, I know which one you're going to say, pick. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to pick the Second Amendment. The reason why every single other right goes away if you cannot defend yourself from somebody taking away those rights. Just like in Germany. In Germany, they took away all the firearms so people could not stand up for themselves. They could not have freedom of speech. They could not have freedom of assembly and all that sort of stuff. Venezuela, the same thing. Venezuela was a capitalist nation. And then in 1997, they elected Maduro. Maduro comes in, 
and then promises, hey, we're going to give you all this stuff, promises, 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 never delivers, but promises giving them stuff, and then takes away their guns like in 2001, so we'll protect you, Don't just let us, and then he goes in after that, once all the guns are taken, he, the military goes in and literally destroys, like kills all the, all the um, en- uh, his enemies, but political enemies, and now it's a socialist country. They're eating dogs and cats eating out of garbage now because it was once a beautiful country. Now it's destroyed. You take away firearms like John Rambo. If he didn't have any protection, didn't have a knife, didn't have, he'd be dead. Yep. If you protect yourself, if you have the ability to protect yourself, do you at least have a fighting chance? Absolutely. Oh, one other thing I want to say. So with firearms or with anything in general, if somebody is trying to be a threat to me or my family, like if somebody breaks in this house, in your house, and they're trying to harm you. Do you want it to be a fair fight? Or should it be a fair fight between you and the guy trying to harm you? Nope, definitely not. I want all the advantages. And I want him to walk in with uh, uh, his both hands tied behind his back. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It should be the most unfair fight possible on your side because you're prepared, number one. And number two, you have not necessarily training, but um, more than just like practical, um, like you're just like, I am like, this is my family. I am protecting my family. You shouldn't, you don't have any rights anymore. Like you literally don't, the, oh, you shot him. He didn't have a gun. I don't care. He had a knife or he had what? He was in my house. It should be as unfair of a fight as possible because I'm going to win because I want to win my, my, protect my family. Yep. Absolutely. Um, uh, let's see here. Let's get to lessons. My first lesson is a nice and simple one, right? Send your kids off to school with protection. And I really like how he was <laughs> giving her Damascus blade letter opener. Pretty sweet in the beginning. I love that. You know, uh, you know, we don't do letters anymore. I'm like, oh yeah, but yeah, use a knife to take care of the bad guys. Yeah. I love that. So my first le- lesson, and I already said it, never go to Mexico. Yep. Never go. Good that. lesson. I, not not just from this movie. I'm just like, there's so many good things in America and other countries that don't have these problems of cartels or obviously there's problems everywhere. But I went, I traveled all through Europe, went through 11 different countries for six weeks. I literally did not feel unsafe anywhere. But I've gone through Mexico. I'm like, man, I feel unsafe. Yeah. And so I'm just like, there's so many other great countries to go. I'd rather go. I honestly would go to South uh, South Africa before I go to Mexico. Mm, gotcha. Yeah, South Africa, I'll be there one day. But if you want to go across the border, just go north instead. <laughs> there Cut you across go. Canada, into Canada, you know. Yeah, and um, so I, I met some friends at, when I was traveling the East Coast. And they what, the, the, the husband's from South Africa. And he's from there. He knows everything about it. And I said, I would love to go visit. He goes, you absolutely should. It's beautiful. But definitely, I'll tell you everywhere you should and should not go mm-hmm. because Good. there are places like you're, you know it's 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 dangerous there you know it's he's happy when he's able to talk to his family and they're alive you know so anyways long story short um everywhere is going to have danger but as long as you protect yourself or as best you can protect yourself but then also talk to people and see where should i go where shouldn't i go but yeah if you're gonna if you just need to cross the border go up north and go to canada you know they're there they'll give you uh more of a smile as opposed to uh you know take you away yeah absolutely uh my second lesson is uh, you're never going to convince somebody to not do something if they have their heart and mindset on it. And so that just led to, uh, well, for, for you, you're a very good Monday morning quarterback and mine as well, kind of around the same idea. She wants to see her father. Nothing's going to stop her. So you got to at least prepare her as best you can or go down with her, make sure she's safe. I love that. And along with that, my second lesson is over communicate mm. over. I mean, 
under communicate lesson just, in most of these movies that we watch absolutely. everybody's under communicating everything yes absolutely and there are certain tv shows where like man like they literally don't say a word oh <laughs> just like the star wars the most recent stupid star wars and i'm never gonna watch them again um where there's they're so under communicating like it's just like you don't need to know well, if I, if you told me, I wouldn't have done all this stuff. Exactly. You know, it's just like you talk about Poe Dameron. Poe, huh? yeah, yeah, it's like literally just. Oh, it's so. Tell stupid. him your plans. Now he's not going to screw anything up. Exactly. He'll be on your side if you have a plan. Because after he's, oh, I didn't know you were going to do that. I wouldn't have done this, this, and this. And like, yes, okay. So in this movie, same thing, especially with with family members, over communicate, like talk, even though it's uncomfortable, like you don't like it. Do you need to do it? Because number one, you're helping them. Number two, you're protecting them. Number three, you're making sure that. They understand that you care about them so much more than anybody else ever could. So all that with Gabrielle, they should have over communicated, sat her down, not like a, a quick, you know, five minute yelling match. You know, grandma say, no, 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 no. And, and John say, hey, easy, easy, easy. Oh, uh, no. Oh, he, be- you know, uh, John pulled off your dad, off your mom after he's beating her with a, with a belt. Oh, don't, don't, don't talk about that. But why not? Yeah. He's, he's a horrible person. Yep. Exactly. You got, you got to make sure she understands the situation fully. And I love that lesson. That's a really good one. Uh, my last one is never ask a question you don't want the answer to. If you just think about step back logically, he left you and your mom, didn't even come back when she was dying of cancer, hasn't communicated with you, doesn't care about you, left the country even. What could he possibly say to make you happy? There's no happy answer. You're going to be, you're no matter what, going to talk to him afterwards you're going to feel worse than you do right now no matter what oh great now i know that he hated me and didn't love me oh great now i feel better i can go on with my life just fine no 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 no. just assume the worst and and just don't ask questions you don't want the answer to i love that she does definitely did not need any of that like even because you're absolutely right he was not there for any of it he was literally gone he would never come back didn't call all that sort of stuff he doesn't want you you don't need any answers that but is the answer. That is the answer, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And actions are so much more than words. That's why when somebody says, oh, this person's racist, this person's racist, or whatever, and it's just, oh, because they said something that hurt my feelings, that makes them a racist. I'm like, that doesn't make necessarily make them a racist. Like, you just label somebody. It's their actions. So I think, and there's an old uh, saying, actions speak louder than words. And absolutely, his actions are showing he literally hates you and doesn't want any any part of you. Like, just want to know why? Well, because I hate you and I don't want to be a part of you. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, that's what he said. You and your mother didn't mean anything to me anymore. You know, and it's what a terrible thing to hear. But like you said, actions speak louder than words. He already told you that with his actions. So, yep. What's your third lesson? My third lesson is to get a backhoe and start digging a bunch of holes in my backyard. There you go. Yeah. Prepare that bunker. Yeah, but first, my property's not big enough. I'll have just one little hole. <laughs> That's yeah. like it's like a, a five yards long, <laughs> and it's like they would find me in two seconds. Yeah, so I need to get a bunch of land. Well, That's you can stash all your canned uh, vegetables and canned meats yeah. and just canned foods. You know, yes, and in hide preparation. There. Yeah, perfect. I'm doing that. So we. So my movie prop is I want that final knife that he used to cut out the bad guy's heart. That's what I want. And I want the heart <laughs> right oh. next to the knife, too, in a little box. I loved that he pulled out his heart. Yeah, and showed I, it to him. And showed it to him. That is... And you hear the beating and you see it making its little beat beat one or two times. Yeah. That's just phenomenal. Uh-huh. So I would say my movie prop, it's it's that. it's That's so much more iconic because you remember the previous Rambo movies, those the knife. Like you always say, oh, it's the Rambo knife because you know which uh, knife is the Rambo knife. Um I like the bow, 
it but at the same time it's not as iconic so i'm gonna have to take you know one of the knives either the one that the bad guy takes or his one at the very end or even the letter opener the damascus blade letter opener i was kind of thinking he would use that like on the bad guy as a as a memory memory of um gabrielle but it didn't really come out yeah he did use a bowie knife at the end right to cut out the heart he yes. didn't use that small knife Correct. He, i saw him sharpening a knife that looked like that Damascus blade. So maybe he used it at some point and I just didn't realize it. he used it to kill somebody maybe. I was kind of hoping if he would save it for the bad guy at the yeah. end. Like just surgically. just. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yours is as well, the Bowie knife. Yeah, your yeah it would have to be the Rambo Bowie knife. Yeah, yeah, totally. All right, so before we end this puppy, any last words? Yeah, there's actually a couple things. So I know I'm making it a little longer. But watching it, so my, my kids and I, we love watching Forged and Fire. It's where they make knives and they quench it and all that sort of stuff. And it's super fun. But that TV show has taught me that what Rambo was doing was like not what you should do. You mean sharpening knives? No, no, no. Oh, when he was in the beginning. In the the beginning where he's hammering it down and then like it's not even ready and he quenches it. I'm like, that's not what you're supposed to do. That's like, it's not even ready and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but yeah, so I was watching that. I was like, yeah. but it was fun seeing that. Uh, obviously, it's really easy to pick up a hammer and start swinging it. But when Sylvester Sloan was riding the horse, like you, it seemed like the majority, if not all of it, was him riding the horse. At least it looked like it. Some parts were like his back was towards you. But I thought that was really cool. You know, having the horse do that stuff, that takes a lot of talent and training to be able to do that. For sure. I can't remember any movies where Sylvester Stallone rode a horse before, but I would imagine there's one or two. He's hit before 70. He had to have had experience with a horse to do the things he was doing. I doubt you learn at 70 how to control a horse like that. Yeah, yeah. So one last thing I got to bring up. The very end, why did they recap all the movies and the current movie in those little uh, minette or whatever, like montage or montage, whatever, like it was like, let's recap the entire series. Why did they do that? I'm not exactly sure why. I I, I found it kind of cool watching it, and because they showed some really iconic scenes. And the one I rem- the two I remember was when he came out of the mud wall and then stabbed the guy, and the other one when he enters that. I think it was after Rambo Part Two or Three, maybe when he enters the room full of computers and that one government guy that sent him on that bunk mission. He comes in, and just shoots up all the computers. I remember those two scenes, but they were just choosing all the iconic stuff. Oh, like him jumping off the off the cliff into the water from the first Rambo, you know? Yeah. So there's just kind of a nostalgia thing, I think, for the audience. Murdoch, I'm <laughs> coming to get you. That's like, right, that, huh? That's, that's something that, like, when he comes in and shoots up, that's what the thing that I remember. He's like, he's literally talking into the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> so it's such a close-up of his face, or literally just his mouth talking it. But yeah, so... Um, I didn't mind. I wouldn't say I didn't, I didn't like it, but the uh, montage going up to the Kurt movie. But when they recap the entire movie, like you could just watch that like three or um, maybe minute long um, recap of this movie and get every, the gist of everything. I was like, that was kind of weird. Like get the first ones. We already remember what we just saw. But anyways, so him riding off in the sunset, it seems like he's still alive. Yeah. Yeah. Looks so, like it right Last there. Blood Part 2. Yeah, I know. I'm looking forward to that one. Oh, man. oh, one last thing. Rotten Tomato score, 26% critics, obviously. There's no way they can, no way critics can jump on board with a movie like this. But the audience, 85%. Wow. Makes sense to me. Okay, so what is your rate? What's your grade that you give it? It's a B plus. It's a B plus, yeah. 
I would say it's a B plus because of how realistic it was, how she actually died, even though it sucks. Like she actually died, everything that happened. And then so satisfying at the end of everything that happens, I, I would give it a B plus too. It's not an A because there, there would need to be a lot more story, a lot more development, a lot more things than that. But very... Uh, the end scene is absolutely rewatchable over and over again. For sure. And if you're a fan of action movies, bad guys dying, cathartic violence, Rambo itself, John Wick, any of those kinds of movies, this is one you have to see. I would agree. I was actually thinking that, oh man, I hope, I, I hope I'm not going to like it. I'm oh, sorry. No, that, that's, I said that completely opposite <laughs> of what I meant. I hope I am going to like it, but I'm dis- I, I would think it's probably not going to be a good movie. But I was thinking just like Top Gun 2 coming out, it's like, man, they've had, 30 years for the next Top Gun or 25 or whatever, they better have gotten a good story. Like, like go over it over and over with a fine tooth comb, make it really, really good. This one, I thought they did a good job and they brought it back. It was it like 11 years later from 2008 uh, to now they did a good job. And so I thought that everything about it was, was enjoyable. Yep. I feel the exact same as you. So any last word before we end this puppy? Nope. I'm good to go. Cool beans. So this was your choice. And then now I've been looking at the upcoming movies. Uh, Joker is coming out October 4th, Gemini Man, October 11th, and Zombieland Double Tap, October 18th. And I'm thinking we're going to watch all three of those movies, but we'll see as time goes on. Well, definitely Zombieland Double Tap. And so that is going to make me choose the first Zombieland for next week because we want to do Joker, Gemini, Gemini Man. So this is the only time that we have to do the first one before the second one. So next week, movie Zombieland. I like it. I like it. Uh, it's, it was very, very funny. I remember you said, you got to watch Zombieland. I'm like, oh, really? But then I saw Bill Murray was in it. And I like Woody Harrelson too. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, uh, you're like, you're going to get shot, dude. Why would you yeah, yeah. act like So good. That? Oh, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I watched it and I thought it was hilarious. So I'm looking forward to seeing, seeing it again. Awesome. Me too. So thank you so much for listening, everybody. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And of course, you know how we feel about Rambo Last Blood. We want to hear your thoughts. So just go to the show notes page, watchandlearnpodcast.com slash pod 67 and leave a comment. You can view our life lessons recapped there and even watch the official trailer for this movie. Alrighty then, my name was Sky. And I'm Dusty. And we will return next week with Zombieland. Zombieland.